This is The Real Rebel Podcast, episode number eight. Let's get into it. I don't have time for this nonsense. I don't follow rules. I follow dogs on social media. Oh, no. Welcome to the Real Rebel Podcast, where it's all about rebelling against expectations and being unapologetically who you are. Each week, we get real, real with boss ladies going after their dreams and living life on their own terms. And now, here's your host, Katie B. Hey guys, I hope you are ready for an amazing episode today. Today I talk with Carla Dreyer from Carla Dreyer Designs. And Carla is an amazing, amazing woman. She is one of the sweetest women I have ever met in my whole life. And she's actually a dear friend of mine, and I also do some work for her. So we do know each other, which means the conversation is super easy, super fun, and Carla is an interior decorator, interior designer, and she is amazing at what she does. She is well-known in the city. She has often appears on breakfast television and city TV. And we get into the weeds here. We talk a lot about um, not just interior design, but we talk about business and life and going after what is right for you. And it's just an amazingly inspiring conversation. And you are going to instantly fall in love with Carla, I promise you. So without further ado, let's dive right in to this incredible interview with this amazing woman, Carla Dreyer. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It is your host, Katie B, and I am so excited to introduce you to my guest today. Not only is she a good friend, but she's also an award-winning interior decorator who is consistently being awarded by House for her work and customer service. She also appears regularly on City TV, CBC, and Breakfast Television as their design expert. Welcome, Carla. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so excited to be here. Love your podcast. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and um, for those of you listening, Carla and I actually had a talk yesterday about two days ago was my launch, and I was just so exhausted. So also, if my voice sounds a bit funny, that's why I have a bit of a sore throat. Um, but yeah, let's get into talking about you, Carla. I have a lot of questions for you. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's like therapy or something, right? Like <laughs> or therapy or in a job interview kind of mixed together. <laughs> Ooh, I hope, yeah, I hope not so much a job. Those are never fun. Um, <laughs> so we talked a bit about this yesterday. Um, you had a successful career before the one that you built for yourself now. And now you're, I mean, you're an extremely successful interior decorator. You're all over TV. You have a successful YouTube channel and website. Um, but before all of this, you did something completely different and you were also successful in that. So maybe you could tell us a bit about that former life of yours and exactly what it was and what it was like. Absolutely. And it's interesting to say successful because what 
and we talked about what was defined as success back then is very defined differently now as success. And I think that will always be evolving. But yeah, no, my past is um, my educational background is in uh, communications and public relations. So I worked in the public relations in the real estate industry and ended up actually as a vice president of a national uh, financial mortgage company. And I did that for oh gosh, five plus years. I was in the in that industry um, over 10 years, you know, worked for companies like GE and was very corporate, flew to Toronto, um, you know, wore the suits to work. Um, I had a team under me. And so everything from the outside of that looks very good, right? And people think, well, you must be very happy and um, because it's, uh, you know, VP on a business card always looks nice and, uh, you know, you're wearing the right clothes and you're driving the right car and you're traveling and on the outside, it looks great. But on the inside, um, and not that I knew this right away, it took me a while to actually realize that wasn't my journey because I sort of grew up thinking you just, if you did something and then you were successful at it and kept working at it, then that's just was sort of life, right? Like I grew up in a household of um, my dad's a, uh, a successful entrepreneur. So kind of just thought, well, you just kind of, you know, you work away and, and you get successful and you kind of, what happens that golden handcuffs happens, right? And, yes. and you think, well, I'm just, this is my path and this is what I'm doing. But I had a real breakthrough moment one time I was in Montreal um, at a conference with the company I was with and a great company and great people and everything. But I realized it was sort of that crossroads. And I think we all get to that where you go, okay, either I am really going to take this to the next level or I have to make a change. And I just knew my inside voice was just shouting so loudly that I had to make a change. And I think it was looking to the people who were really the next level of where I was at and, and people saying, well, you're going to be at this next level soon. Isn't that great? Aren't you excited? And I remember thinking, no, <laughs> that actually sounds kind of horrible. I'm not excited about that. And so sometimes that's a really good key in kind of looking to that next level and if you're not feeling excited and energized in that, you know, for me, it took a long time to really get there. It had to really hit me in the head. But yeah, so basically then I, I knew I had to tap into, I've always been a creative person. Um, I grew up, my family in the real estate industry, we were always moving, always, my mom was always like designing and decorating places. So it was always something kind of that came natural to me and, um, we moved, my husband and I and our one daughter at the time, I have two daughters, we moved and I st worked with a designer actually on my house and realized I was like, wait a sec, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> wait a sec, I, you know, I really enjoy this. And it really got me tapped into my creativity and I started, you know, sort of following different blogs and yeah, one thing led to another and uh, now I'm on, on this path and, and loving it. So Long, long answer to your question. <laughs> I love long answers. I really okay. do. Um, and I'm really curious as to what you think it was that caused you to go down this kind of corporate route. Like, was it just because you thought that's the way you should go or... Yeah, I think there's sometimes like your belief system in kind of whatever that may be. And I think that... Um, you know, kind of looking for success, like kind of, okay, well, I'm going to do something to be successful. And it just felt like, 
um, that corporate route was taking me there. So it was a little bit of like one thing led to another. Like I had gone to school and I started working for a company and then I was approached by, um, they're now called Genworth, I think, but GE at the time. And I was in my early to mid twenties, early twenties. And this was a great job. Like I just thought, Oh my goodness. Like they gave me this car. (laughs) Hello. It was was like this tourist, like, Oh, it was so funny. It was like, my friends would be like, you're driving like a couch. This thing was, I had this car, you know, and I had an expense account and, um, I flew to Toronto and it like all the time for work. And it just seemed, and I was being paid a lot for, especially at that young of age. Um, so then I think I just got on that hamster wheel of it and really didn't know, or to be honest, have the confidence to think, wow, I could completely change that. And so that just took actually age. I think like I'm getting older and really the voice, listening to the voice inside more where I think otherwise I was listening to what outside measures of success would be. And Mm -hmm. then when that presented itself going, well, of course I have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, of course I have to take that job. And then from that job led to other things. And it is very hard to work at something for a period of time and to set yourself up to what could be good for yourself or good for your family, but go, well, it's not good for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially if you're making all that money and there's all these perks, like you said, it's, definitely the golden handcuffs it's a real thing and people get really stuck in it which is which is kind of sad and you get in a position that you kind of you either can't really get out of easily or you don't want to because then your fear of like your life as you know it totally changing absolutely and I think that's what I admire people now more are not that way. I think that I was on the cusp of sort of that like way where it wasn't, people weren't as entrepreneurial as young. Um, so I wasn't seeing a lot of that examples in, in my peer group as well, which I think makes a difference. And now I think like kind of even, you know, people five years younger than me, I kind of see like that there's so many examples of entrepreneurs and people doing their own thing and, and and being inspired and being aligned with what they do that I'm like, gosh, I wish I had seen that. I don't, I think that's a part of it too, is like when you don't have those examples of that, it's hard to really, unless you're so in tuned with your intuition, right? It's hard to, it's hard to know, but eventually one way or the other, it's always speaking to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that moment, maybe you could take us into a bit more detail on that moment that you kind of felt that shift, that pivotal shift. And it must have felt, what did it feel like kind of right before you felt that? And what did it feel like after you had the realization? Maybe take us through that in more detail. Yeah, I I remember it so clearly. I was in Montreal and I remember the time leading up to Montreal was a very exciting time. It was a big conference that we were putting on with the company I was with. It was, it went very successful. Um, and but it was just that niggling feeling, which just keeps coming up, coming up, coming up. And um, you know, kind of like I mentioned before, people sort of saying, "Okay, well, you're on this path." I knew what the next steps would be. Um, and I remember being in my hotel room and just thinking, "No, <laughs> you know, it just it just spoke so loudly." Mm. It was like, and I am kind of the person who needs I, things always show up for me about a hundred times. Be, like I get hit in the head. So so many times before I finally realized. And um, this was also hard for me because this was also part of my family's in this business as well. So not only was it leaving corporate and um, that security and that sort of what the outside world will think, it was also hard because my family's also in that industry too. So it was something my family did as well. But 
um, you know, you've got to listen, you know, I listened to that voice and probably in hindsight, I probably heard that voice for so long, but I just knew it in that moment. And it's, it's, it was definitely, I always think of that. It was that pivotal time that Montreal, I remember the hotel, I remember the hotel room. And I think we all have those. And it's kind of like, if that comes up, it's like, it's so, yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. We all have those pivotal moments. Yeah, Yeah. You remember it clearly for sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I just went on a different direction from there. Yeah. Was yeah. Like, that was like, okay, here's the fork in the road. And there really wasn't any other fork. That's the kind of funny thing. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, okay, you've got two choices. There really wasn't like something else presenting itself. It's just, I knew I wanted to make some changes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the brick wall. The the whisper that I've heard someone say, I think it was Oprah or somebody. It's like, it's whispering at you, whispering at you. And then it will come at you like, like a brick wall at some point. And then it's a- you have no choice but to turn, really. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yes. And so after you made that decision, you're in Montreal, you you're you have this amazing corporate career, and then you decide to change it. What did did you do it right away? Or like how did the next maybe month or so play out for you? You know what? It's a good question. And what I think I did is I I was I'm not a quick, I like security in a lot of ways. So I wasn't a quick like okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, quit my job and I'm going to be an interior designer and that's it. You know, (laughs) like I didn't do that. Again, I think that's just a lack of one belief system confidence and also seeing examples around me. I really didn't know. So what I did, and I think this is a way I would encourage other people too, is kind of like you kind of dip your toe into it. Like you start feeling things out and start engaging in it. So for me, it was like, I started having this obsession with blogs. Like it was what blogs were blogs actually Mm -hmm. at the time where people like, you know, you went to a blog site where now, I don't know, it's so different, right? You go to Instagram and then if you see something, you go to the blog. (laughs) But this is the time where I actually had a list of blogs every day. Like, and I would go to these blogs. And what I realized is there was a consistent thing about them. They were, it wasn't that they were all designed, but they were all women. They, if they had jobs, they were doing something on the side, they were creative. They were just doing something in a creative realm. And what they were all had in common was they seemed what they were doing and who they were was really aligned and they were really excited. And so I just knew I wanted a piece of that. And I didn't know what that was. So I remember starting this blog called loving that because people used to say, Oh, I love your, this you have, or that you have, or things a lot of times in my house or something I had on for clothes or whatever. So I started this little blog like called loving that, you know, I think I had like 40 people maybe on my little blog. (laughs) You got to start somewhere. (laughs) Start somewhere. And, uh, I did my blog and, um, and then it transitioned. I think, you know, what's meant to happen kind of, you know, the connecting the dots kind of happened. I ended up during this process, during that process, I also had two daughters. So that <laughs> changed things as well. You know, had some kids along the way. And then also we moved. Um, and that was a really another one of those pivotal moments where I we moved and I really was getting into these blogs and creative and and into design. And like I said, it had always been in my family life, but I never really thought of it as a job or a career. And then once I started doing that on my house, I really realized how much I loved it mm-hmm. and I felt a natural call to it. And it just kind of came easy to me and it made me excited. And I think once you start getting excited and something aligns with a natural talent and you feel good about it, then it kind of goes from there. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it takes Mm -hmm. a while to sort of label yourself that, you know, uh, 
so it wasn't, it took me a long time to own that, you know, and I took four different online courses and I just immersed myself in the field, but it took me a long, long time to own that that's what I was doing. And not everyone is accepting of that, you know, when you change to an industry, sometimes the industry, other industry does not say, come on in. Yeah. They like, it's terrible to say, but it, it, I found that a bit of a challenge too. So yeah, so I just slowly kind of transitioned myself and had had friends and friends of friends kind of go, hey, recommend me and started decorating and designing their houses and kind of led from there. It slowly went from there. Yeah, yeah. That's And that's so funny too about, I think there's really something to be said about the owning of the word because I know for myself, the word entrepreneur, I just had this talk with my boyfriend not too long ago and I was like, you know, I don't think I can call myself an entrepreneur yet. I don't I don't feel yeah. like I could confidently step into a room and be like, "You know what? I'm an entrepreneur." And um it takes the work and the the journey when you eventually get to that place where you can really feel like you can say it like I'm an interior decorator and um but it does take time to get to that place. You don't just make a switch and you're like, "Yesterday I was, you know, in corporate and now I'm an interior decorator. That's just not you you need to be able to stand in it firmly as well. So and then other people take you more seriously when you do finally get to that place, but it takes work. Totally. And I yeah. think there is something about owning it. Like if in hindsight, I wish I had owned it sooner because I think I was just I'd like to be very authentic in everything I do. And we all have that fraud syndrome going on. So I thought, well, how could I have this 10 plus career and something else and then shift and own that shift, right? Um, even though I had results quite quickly in in the design and I got things published in a magazines quite quickly, like things happened to validate my work quite quickly. But even when that happened, I still couldn't own it. I still mm. kind of was like, well, I'm ha- I've got my kids and I'm doing this on the side, you know, like I, I would talk around it. Um, and I remember going to a design show funny when I first was kind of like putting my toe into it and the designer who actually designed my house was there. And I remember like not very welcoming about it. She was kind of like, what are you, what are you doing here? You know? And I thought, Oh, and, and, and so there's little things. And when I first got published in the magazine, there was, you know, a couple, again, non-supporters in that. And those things actually looking back really held me back, really held me back from owning what I was doing and saying, it's okay. I can love something, make a change in my career, be good and successful at it. And that that's okay. You know, but I, I, I'm a people pleaser. So that took me a long time. (laughs) I'm still working on that one. Yeah, Yeah. no, I think it's, I think it's a really common thing. Like for me in this podcast, um, just, I recognize in myself people being like, Oh, that, you know, that was a great episode. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a lot of work to do and I'm not, I'm still new. And you, like, like you were saying, you make excuses for yourself. Um, but, and I think that kind of stems from a place of like, like, yeah, you want people pleasing and also fear of how other people see you and your own self-worth. Um, and we need to be gentle on ourselves. Like we're learning, or if you're just starting off, um, you're not going to be perfect and you're not going to be right there in in the industry yet. Um, but I think it's really also incredible the amount of um, people that tell you that it's a bad idea or that you can't do it or that you're not welcome. It's it's fear on their part. They're projecting it onto you because they're like, who's this new person? And and I think it's kind of a good thing because if 
people are threatened by you, you're probably pretty good at what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what? That is a very good point. And looking back, that probably was the scenario. But you, but it's hard when you already have sort of that feeling of making a shift and not owning it. And then people kind of, which which happens with everybody, and yeah. then people come at you or say a little negative here and there. Um, and for the most part, don't get me wrong, most people were all good about it and supportive. But as, as we all do, we remember those couple negative things yeah. and that impacts it. But I love now when people like I uh, meet them and they're doing something and they just own it. I just think, whoa, great for even if they just start doing it or whatever. I, I, I believe it. I believe them because they're believing in themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, yeah, I think we do have to, you know, not go, well, I've got to wait five years till I'm doing this before I can officially say I'm doing it or whatever. No, if you, this is what you're doing and you feel a natural inclination and this is aligned with who you are, like own it and do it. And yeah, like rocket. You're so. doing it. Just yeah, do you're it. Doing it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned um a, a little bit back and twice actually having kids. And it it's it's a big deal. Like it's <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, you know, I was doing this, doing that, had kids, and I was like, Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I, I got a couple kids in there. Had a couple yeah. kids and they're yeah. adorable. Um, your two girls and and how did things change or how did you manage it? How do you manage now having kids? Because a lot of the women I've talked to, um, the having kids things, and I brought this up in a couple past episodes, is is a bit of a, there's fear around it, about it changing the way you work. And how have you found it? You're on the other side. How, how have you found it? You know what, for me, it was an interesting time, which is a little unique is that I made, I decided to just shift everything at once. I sort of had kids at the same time I was doing a career shift. So it was like, oh, why don't I just like change my whole life? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just snowball it all. Clean so house. Let me just clean house. So that was, I admit, a confusing time of trying to grow a business um, and also, you know, balance what would be a family life. But again, looking back, as I said, I'm always feel I'm better like going through these things and looking back on the other side. I would say own who you are and don't worry about, you know what I mean? Like if you are, if you absolutely love what you do and your career, you can still be a great mother that is not with your kids 24 seven. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's okay. And you can be a better person. Or if you, if you decide that you have children and that's, you want to take that year or you want to take a couple of years or you want to shift things and do things differently, that's fine too. But I think it's owning, you know, back to that thing, owning yourself, owning who you are then as a parent and as a, um, career person as well. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And I think that you have to shut out the outside influences because of, well, so-and-so is doing it this way and so-and-so is doing it that way in the mummy world and mummy judgment and all that. Yeah. You kind of shut that out. And I think, um, be true to who you are. And I always think of it this way. And I think that's part of the reason that I really shifted too at the time I was having kids and them both being girls is that I really want them to see me doing something that I love. And that is super important to me. Like even this morning when I was doing, I love doing the TV segments are like one of my favorite things to do. And this morning I'm leaving and I, I feel that they're proud of me because mm-hmm. they see me like, you know, I was prepping for it last night and putting the stuff together and, you know, and talking to them about it. And, and, and they see me doing something that I love. So I think that with kids, they're really resilient and they also pick up on more of your energy of what you're doing. So if I was at my old job and, you know, maybe I would be able to take them on more vacations that way, but I don't think on a day to day, I would be 
as happy, which I really think affects them. Yeah, kids are so sensitive. They know what's going on. Even if they don't know exactly what's going on, they have a feeling for it. And that's more than enough to... I mean, I remember as a kid when I could tell when things were going not so good and things were going amazing. And it's almost worse when you don't know exactly. So it's just better if you have this, especially for young girls to see you be a strong woman in the world doing, you know, your career and what what you really love. Like that message is like the ultimate message you could be sending them. I think so. I, and I, for a while this, you know, I did the same thing. I had the mummy guilt and I remember a friend once saying to me, she's like the only person's cause I was like, well, I don't want my youngest to go in daycare or this or that. And she's like, you're the only one standing in your way, but cause really, you know, we're, I was standing in my way of kind of just owning it more and moving forward, even though I had young kids. And I think that they, you know, you have to have conversations with them too. Like I'm very open with them. If I'm like, oh, I had a bad day today, you know, or Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling with this, even like I kind of talk, I'm very open with it and talk to them so that Mm -hmm. they realize like that, you know, with work and life, it has its ups and downs. And I definitely with them try and foster, I'm trying to see what their passions are and trying to lead them in that direction. Because I think back to now when I was a kid, I knew, I think we all know as a kid. And I think you end up coming back to that. You all know as a kid what you really loved, but you just get sidetracked by, you know? Yeah, totally. (laughs) I think that um, I had this one point as a kid where I was sitting in, I think it was grade six or something. And I was sitting in class and and I was a really driven child, but I, I felt it in this moment. I felt my passion leave. I was, and I was, I felt Ooh. that I could feel it leaving and I was like, oh, and I was sitting in the middle of class and I remember telling myself, okay, this is leaving like this childlike thing. I could feel it leaving. I was like, you have to remember when you're an adult to go back and get it because it's so important. Wow. So go back and get it. And um, I think it's just, we believe so wholeheartedly in ourselves when we're kids. Yes. Um, and then as we grow up, we get little chips on our shoulder or people like the naysayers saying, oh, you should funnel you down this path and funnel you down this path. And this is what you should be doing. So it's really great that you're aware of, of that now for your girls, because it's almost like you're so aware of it, even if they do go through a period where they kind of a little bit forget who they are, you Mm -hmm. can kind of remind them because you're so conscious of it now. Yeah. And and we all do that, but it's like talking about your kid, like I remember and now doing like stuff where I do, I remember wanting to be broadcast. Like I liked, I was creative and I loved fashion. And then I wanted to also, I was like the person doing the announcements I loved at school, like the broadcasting thing. So it's funny how things kind of come full circle and you go, Oh, I actually knew this when I was like five years old, but I took a long (laughs) road of winding (laughs) to come back to that. Yeah. And sometimes we need to be strengthened a bit before we can hold space for whatever it is, that thing that we're supposed to be doing. Totally. Because I think about it, if, if in a lot of ways, if I had been doing what I was doing now, even 10 years ago, you know, even though sometimes they, God, I wish I had, well, maybe go 15 years ago, like even 10, 15 years ago, I kick myself and think, oh, I wish I had started this then. Where would I be now? But I was a different person then, yeah. right? And I did it. So there may have been roadblocks that may have not put me down the right road yeah. authentically anyway. Totally. So, right. And and this is a total side note. You mentioned what your two girls, kind of what their passions are. I'm just curious, what do you kind of see them right now that they're yeah. into? 
Okay. Well, my older daughter, it's super clear. She's nine and she has like from birth, it's like art. Like she's very creative and an amazing artist, which is like almost a parent's normal nightmare. It'd be like, oh my God, is my child going to be an artist? Like a starving artist? Did I get to support them? But I just feel it's, she's very creative and her grandmother is a great artist. So I feel like she just trying to hone that in, like she's going to arts umbrella now and hone into what could you do with art? Do you know what I mean? Like, could you, um, you know, computer animation? Could it be like, you know, we talk about Emily Carves school. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we talk about UBC too, but we just talk about things that you can do that are creative and art. It doesn't have to be a career for her, but even teaching her that that is an outlet. So if she's stressed or something, I'll be like, go draw, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah, go draw. And my little one, she's just only turned six. So she's um, just like a comedian right now. So I (laughs) (laughs) and she just started Girl Guides and it's about the cookies. So hers is not as hers is not as clear, but I definitely see a difference in her personalities, more carefree and everything. So um, you know, just looking at that more and where where she would go with that and just trying to not pigeonhole them to go, well, you must go down that direction, but definitely pointing out where it's like, where they're their happiest. And she loves, actually, she loves art too. So I don't know. I may have two starving artists. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I mean, there's lots of, especially now with like the Instagram world and all of that, there's this one girl and I'm going to give her a shout out here on Instagram. Her name is art by Megan, or that's her Instagram handle. And she makes this incredibly beautiful, almost like oceanic bluey, um, art and she does like journals and all these things like Mm. she puts the the art onto like journals or people can buy the prints or I mean there's it's I think it's easier now if you do have something like if you're an artist now you can find more outlets to sell your art or absolutely I mean I joke around with the thing starving artists because I actually think it's so shifted and people I know through the industry and I've tried to expose my daughters particularly my older daughter because she's so interested in it um like Zoe Pollock is an artist I I deal with and and um you know work-wise and a couple other artists as well and I've taken her actually to like either their art openings or their studios and showed them like showed her I'm sorry that this could be a career, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, that's very different too, which I love. It's like, yeah. it's creativity, right? And putting creativity with business. So totally. Yeah. And I have, um, I'm just really curious for myself and also asking for other people out there. You are always on TV, City TV, Breakfast Television, CBC. And how did you land that spot? Like, I, how did you go about um, getting yourself that kind of exposure? Yeah, it's been, it's funny, like as I said before, it's one of the things when I look back, I always wanted to be a broadcaster when I was young too, like the broadcasting and then creative and fashion and design. I always loved. So, so it's interesting. I'm like, wow, those kind of things are merging, right? Yeah. Where I'm seeing that, you know, those merge. Um, and I didn't go to broadcasting school. I went and did uh, communications and PR in instead. And so I have been one of those people, like I was obsessed, like the local shows here. So I don't you know if your listeners are local, like City Line or Maryland Dennis or like all those shows. I, I, I've been obsessed with all those shows. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm like a weird kid that way. You know what I mean? Like obsessed yeah. with those sort of, I don't even know if they're called variety talk shows, like those talk shows that have the, the segments, which is kind of what I'm doing now. I've been obsessed with those for as far as I can remember. My mom used to watch them. I watched them. So Actually, I've been doing that. I remember just 
always being obsessed with it. And only I've been doing the TV thing just for a couple of years now. And that was through, I think, a meant to be situation. A mutual friend of ours, Sunny Leonard Doozy, was doing um, TV on breakfast television as well. And her and I connected. And, and you know, I said, I love that you're doing that. She said, you should do that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I should. I should. And, and, uh, and then it sort of led one thing to another. And I, I really love it. I just like got back from a segment this morning and it just, you know, when you have your own business too, sometimes working with people on a different level is so inspiring to me because, you know, there's some lonely days, right. Of just yourself. So yeah. or with clients, which is a different relationship. So I don't ever, you know, long to go back into an office environment, but sometimes going into a different, you know, place and you get to work with people and collaborate. I, I really love it. Yeah. Isolation is, yeah, a real thing when you work for yourself. Sure. Yeah. For sure. It's yeah. really tough. Get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Sometimes I just have to go to a coffee shop, even though it's noisy and maybe the internet's not as fast, but I'm like, I just can't work at the same yeah. desk every single day for hours on end. It's, it's yes. too much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And you are amazing on camera, like incredible. Oh, You're oh. a natural. Thank you for saying that. Well, I mean, it's, oh, if you guys will give you uh, links to see Carla on YouTube and everything at the end of this, and we'll also link it in the show notes, but so you can see her, but what, um, what would advice would you have for someone who's maybe doing YouTube videos or maybe doing spots on TV or, I mean, video is such a huge part of yeah. what we do now, especially entrepreneurs and especially online. So what advice would you have? Cause you're so comfortable and relaxed and you always look so amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I will take that comment. Thank you. That's a really <laughs> nice comment. I love that. And the YouTube, I, I do have my YouTube channel. I haven't been doing videos lately, but I'm hoping to get back to that. And I think it's like, if you think of it, um, I think like a connection, like I always set an intention before, like say this morning on, on breakfast television, we were doing, you know, how you can create an office sort of study space in any area for a small mm -hmm. space. You don't have a separate room. So I thought, well, what's my intention? And I thought my intention is really to inspire people to like have some easy, tangible things that they could then go, you know what? I could do that. I could, I'm going to maybe go down to Ikea and, you know, get a little desk and set that up this <laughs> afternoon. Like, like Tim, so so thinking of it, not yourself, trying to think of it as the other person, the same in the YouTube videos, you know, trying to think, what do people really want to know? What would really help them? What would inspire them? And I try and for me, my why is inspiring creativity because I shut that down, that part of myself for so long that I want, and I used to look to other people on the, you know, Mm -hmm. Marilyn Dennis shows, City Line shows, you know, for inspiration or to, on YouTube that I think, wow, if I could inspire someone, which when you get a comment, you know, on YouTube or whatever about it, it's is like so exciting that you're like, wow, someone actually watched my video and is going to, you know, um, is inspired to do something. So I think like, and, and just being yourself, like, I mean, more and more, I'm trying to do, feel that too, is that, you know, we think what, and we've had that conversation about authenticity. It's like, if you think too much about the other person though of what they will think then you won't be yourself so yeah. I think it's trying to like yeah think about that other person in terms of how can I inspire them but also I love you know when people are themselves but it's the hardest yeah. thing to do 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I think because when you're self, we're, I think we're all a little bit weird. We're all a little yes. bit like quirky if, if we're just being ourselves. And um, it's scary because when you step out of the norm, you fear the judgment or you fear people criticizing who you are, like essentially as a human. And I mean, sure. that's a tough blow to take really when you're being yourself. But also at the same time, when you are yourself, people are drawn to you like like a moth to a flame. It's so true. I mean, and we've talked about that, but I find that so much and so much more lately. It's like, I will buy something from someone because I like them. Like, it yeah. sounds weird, like just because I'm like, I just want, I want what they've got. Like they're and whether that be on an online presence or if it go into a store or a coffee shop, like I find there's a little like skin place kind of like, um, kind of health skin kind of holistic place near me now. And I go in there sometimes just because I love the experience. I love the girl that's there. I love how I feel, you know, and I think it's all now about, um, that experience, you, how you feel with someone. And it makes me want to like purchase her products because it just like, I feel so good and and it's so real. Yeah. And and then that's very much along the lines of being in alignment with kind of who you are and with your why. Yes. And maybe you could speak a bit to the importance of having your why, like a solid why, and maybe what yours is. You, you mentioned it briefly, but... Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone should read Simon Sinek's book, right? The, the, is it powerful? Is it why? I think it's find, find Your Why. Find Your Why, maybe? Something but like Simon, that. If you go Simon Sinek, why? Or look up his... I'll, I'll his, put it in the show notes. Yeah, his YouTube videos. I mean, it's it really makes the difference, I think, that what we're talking about and when, whether it be... Um, a service or an online or a physical product. I think if you if you can feel the why behind it, you just want a part of that. And to me, I, the funny thing is, I'm not usually look to my industry to be inspired, which sounds a little bit weird. I, I like to look to other industries, and I really like to look to people who I can just tell who they are and what they do. There's like no line in there; it's just all <laughs> combined, and I I love that. Mm-hmm. And I I think that. I want to move closer and closer to that. Like my why is to inspire creativity. It's in the design realm right now. And it's in through like the YouTube videos or an online course or one-on-one clients. It comes through different forms, but I'm beginning to be less attached to the form now of how that's done and more to connect. I want to connect to the why of it because I think that that just, I don't know, that's just what inspires me. Like I look to like someone who does, cooking or something, for example. Like I used to watch Rachel Ray back in yeah. the day. <laughs> All those morning shows. I know some people don't and it's like sound like a daytime TV watcher. But I used to love <laughs> Rachel Ray because I was like, oh, she is so passionate about like those mashed potatoes or whatever. And it's just like, I, it wasn't even that I was into cooking, but I just like, or I used to watch this other girl on YouTube. She's um, the Beastie Boys. I forget it. Forget now. Her, oh, Tamara Davis is her name. She had this YouTube thing where she ha- was, she's a filmmaker, but she would do these cooking videos, a really simple cooking. And she had her two boys with her and it was just so real and authentic. And just, she was passionate that it, it inspired me. So I think if you can align who you are and what you do, you just end up like that just flows out. Totally. Yeah. And when people are passionate about what they do, it's, yeah, you can't help but want to be a part of it. And also, especially in this day and age, the authenticity thing and the realness, there's so much out there that is just 
overly processed and fake and just put on. And so, like you said, she's cooking in the kitchen with her two boys. That's real life. And that's kind of what people want to see because that's what you can connect with. Absolutely. I know. And it's so disappointing. It is disappointing. I think we've all been there. Disappointed when you've sort of thought something of someone or a situation and it's not what it seems. It's like, Oh, really? You know, so yeah. we are all craving that authenticity. So the more I think people can connect to their why and, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I don't think stress out about it, you know, just, yeah. I think if, if whatever kind of gets you sparked and, and feeling good, that like excitement that like, that's your cue, right? Like to kind of follow that path and you'll figure it out. Totally. And you also mentioned to me um, the other day about using your business or your platform for a bigger why um and for you i can't remember the name but it's it's a charitable what was it her it's called the her initiative her initiative yeah yeah i'm inspired by like what was it it's his name it's a a pencils of promise i forget his name but he runs pencils of promise and he wrote a really great book too i got adam something and that's another great book to read um gosh i can't remember i'll find it i'll put it in there adam pencils of promise there's a great book he talks about and he uses this expression called instead of being i'm a like a charity he renamed it i'm a purpose-driven business and i just like love i don't know i've just like glommed on to that term that he came up with or i think he came up with but anyway purpose-driven and it's like I just think using our businesses, whatever they may be, into something for good. And that could just be like, we talked about connecting to your why and being loving what you're doing and that inspires other people. That's good. Like that is, you know, but I think also if we can connect it to helping others in a, in another way, um, the Her Initiative is a organization that gives clean water to women and girls around the world. So they're fantastic. Like for $25, it provides clean water to a woman and her family for a whole year. So I think of it like $25, like that's wow. like, not even like a, uh, you know, a, not even a, a lunch. I don't know. A couple, like you think of what you could eliminate out of your life for that. And so, you know, I struggled with kind of going, well, I want to wait till my business is a certain point or my platform is a certain point or whatever to, kind of bring that more into my business, but I'm, I'm more and more saying, forget that, you know, like it's just whatever platform I have and whether that be putting a post on Instagram or connecting with them and seeing where I can support them or, um, you know, through one of my like programs, giving a portion, you know, when I relaunch that, it's kind of like, you know, just thinking of ways that we can use our, what we do for like a vehicle for good. And it doesn't have to be huge. And I think like that can be overwhelming to think, well, what, what can I do? And what can I do to make this change? And maybe just something simple. And maybe it's just something where your heart, they say like follow where your heart breaks, right? Like if you don't think, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> What really like gets your, maybe it's animals, whatever it may be like that. If you kind of follow that, that's where, you know, you could, you know, help out in, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, that's so lovely. And I think, yeah, we often get into a a place where we think, oh, I have, I can, you know, barely do this or that for myself. How could I give something to somebody else? But um, even just a little bit like $25 in this, day and age is really not that much and if you think about the um what it creates like yeah that's and that's I didn't know that it was actually so low for a whole year that gives for them... a whole year yeah so I'd oh, like to it's crazy like and, and 
I think it's, it's that I, I like when there is that sort of, um, outcome in that, that, you know, I think that we all, wanna, we all want to know something so that you can make a, um, a difference. And I heard that I first got inspired, like a mutual, I know you're a fan too, of Marie Forleo. And she talked about years ago in her business and like, it was not going well financially. And she was like, Oh God, you know, I shouldn't do this, but I, I, I need to change my mindset. And she wrote a check, I think to an organization that she really cared about. And it just helped shift her mindset too about money. And I thought that's a really good point too. You know, it just, that even a, it doesn't have to be this huge amount or huge thing, but it can shift our mindset that when we give, there's like, you know, a reciprocal thing with that of like how it can help other people and, in, you know, and it helps us too. So yeah, it's that abundance mindset. It's like, there's lots of this to go around and, and I'm worth whatever, you know, is coming my way so I can give more. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all, it's all how, it's all about our belief systems. I think it just really drives the way we do everything in life. Totally. But I think if all of us, yeah, just like had something, some other, whether it be an organization, a purpose-driven thing, a a charity, whatever that we just cared about and like did whatever, even if it, like I said, it could be just an Instagram post to raise awareness for it. And then someone goes, oh, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to donate $25 to that, that, you know, we could all make our difference in our own little way. Yeah. Slowly, but surely. Yeah. And I love companies that do that. I see more and more doing it now. So I'm really inspired by that. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, we're coming up to the end here of the interview. It's been awesome. And I always ask the two same questions at the end. Okay. So uh, actually, I didn't prep you for these. So no, I was going to say, I don't <laughs> remember uh, that. Okay. I don't really like to prep people on these because I kind of like to see what they just, what kind of comes to the top of their minds. Um, so... Um, so if you were sitting across the table from your 20 year old self, 20 year old Carla sitting there and you could give her one piece of advice, what would you say? Oh my gosh, that is, that's such a good question, right? You know what, you know what came right away? Listen to your intuition. And this is something I just feel like I'm really learning so Big now, and because I, I don't think I even knew what intuition was when I was twenty. Yeah. So, you know, though I guess I had it, but I, I did definitely did not like tap into that at all. So I think just that inner knowing and making decisions on how things feel. So now I'm trying to whether it be working with someone or what I want to do in my business or even personally, like you know who you hang out with, whatever it may be. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it, right? And that is. So I, I would tell my 20 year self that because I think that I did a lot of things, not bad, but just things that didn't feel aligned for me. I'm hang even to friendships that didn't feel aligned for me, but I thought that's what I had. That's, you know, I didn't listen to that voice. So that's what I would tell. That's awesome. Very sage advice. Um, yeah. And last question. Um, what is your rebel cause? Like what what positive change are you trying to create in the world? What gets you out of bed every morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, these are good questions. I think um, like rebel cause, you know, again, the first thing that came to mind is, and we talked about this, you and I yesterday a little bit, it was like, I don't feel I have a, like someone I can look to totally go, that's exactly the direction I want to go. You know what I mean? So I can go, well, you take this step, this step, this step. I do interior design, 
but I like to do it in a different way and do different things around it. So it's kind of like a little bit of new territory. And so I'm feeling that out. So I feel like I'm a little bit of a rebel in that way where I'm not building a, um, I hate to use the word typical, but a so-called typical design firm. And I don't have a desire for that. Sometimes I go, oh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But there's not like a roadmap to go, oh, well, I want to do it this way because I love the online space and I love the TV space and I love the design space. And somehow I'm mixing them all together. And um, so that's where I feel like I'm a little bit of a rebel in in kind of going, well, I'm just going to do it my way and see where that all goes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's the only way you can do it. Yeah. And before we before we sign off totally, there's a few things. So I'm going to have you maybe share where people can find you. And also, yeah. just because you just mentioned right now you're doing things a bit differently, maybe you can explain a little bit about what that means as well. Because you're doing the course. Well, you will be bringing the course out again. And Yes. Yeah. So I have a, well, you can find out all about me on Carla Dreyer and it's Carla with a K, <laughs> Carla Dreyer Design, <laughs> carladreyerdesign.com. Um, my social channels are all pretty much under that too. Like Instagram is the definitely the one I'm most active on. I, I, I've really let the other one slide a little bit lately. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I like, I, you know, you gotta go with what you like. I'm going with what I feel. I feel Instagram more YouTube under Carla Dreyer design as well. So I'm going to be starting on my YouTube videos, um, again. And also, yeah, I have a course, um, design your dream home. So I did a, I launched it twice. I did it with a live group and then launched it, um, in its online platform and basically takes you through like the A to Z of designing a home without paying designer prices on it. So take you like, how do you want to feel in your home? How do you want it to function? You know, we break down what your personal style is. You create your design board for your particular room and you could use it on any room, you know, where to shop. And then I, you know, include some coaching calls and, and, um, connection on that. And it's been fun. Like everyone who's gone through it has really enjoyed it. And, you know, again, it's a new thing. I love the online space and I'm inspired by people in the online space. It's not typical within my industry. So, you know, but I think it's, um, you know, I think if back when I was getting into design or, or not even into design, I just was moved and wanted to decorate my home. If I found something like this, that would have been really fun for me and helped. And I could have learned about color and accessorizing and just, you know, sparked my creativity. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. You're doing it right, Carla, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. All right. Well, it was so awesome to talk to you today. And I hope to have you on again at some point because this was great. Anytime. This is so great. You're awesome. I love your podcast. I'm so excited to be a part of it. Thanks so much. You're amazing. (laughs) Thanks, Carla. (laughs) See you next time. Okay. Thanks, Katie. Okay, so that episode, in my opinion, was amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did and enjoyed Carla. If you did and you never want to miss another episode, please head over to iTunes and hit subscribe. And while you're there, if you could please leave a rating and review, it would mean so much to me. It's kind of my oxygen and a girl's got to breathe. Thanks again for tuning in and we will see you next Tuesday.